welcome to Thinks Out Loud, internet marketing expertise your business needs. I'm Tim Peter. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital marketing expertise your business needs. My name is Tim Peter. This is episode 302 of The Big Show. And thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I, I, I very much appreciate it. It means an awful lot to me. I think we have a really interesting show today, a really cool show for you today. And I want to build on what I've been talking about for our last couple of episodes, really the last, oh gosh, five or six or seven episodes. But the last couple specifically, I've really been talking about the future. I've been talking about, you know, how do you become, how do you look to the future and become the company you want to be? How do you build brand 2030? You know, I mentioned this last week, the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time is, of course, today. And if we're thinking about where you want to be in 10 years, then the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. Well, then today is 10 years ago for then, for 2030. So this is really where you need to be thinking about how you're going to be the business you're going to be down the road. And a big part of that is embracing the shift to digital. It means becoming a digital company, or at least a digitally native company, a company that exists in the world as it is. And I will talk more about that later. But as you imagine, as you know, as you're seeing every single day with work from home and everything going on with the pandemic, there has been a huge shift to digital by customers. And yes, some of these shifts may be temporary due to the pandemic, but they also appear to be an acceleration of the longer term trends. As I talked about, oh, a bunch of months ago, as Microsoft said in their Q1 earnings call, we've seen two years of digital transformation in two months. Now, being a digital company doesn't mean that you get 100% of your business from e-commerce or transfer all of your work online or all of your work remotely or spend 100% of your marketing dollars on digital. Okay, in some cases, that last one might be a good idea, but it, it doesn't mean that everything changes. It means that you have to build digital, you have to integrate digital effectively with your people, with your platforms, with your processes. I've often said that the Frightful Five or AgFam, you know, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft don't have a digital transformation problem. They grew up in a world that was already digital. And this is really about shaping your company in a world where digital already exists. If you were starting your company from scratch today, what would you do differently, given that digital is already integrated into the lives of your customers, of your employees, of your suppliers, of your vendors, of your competitors? What would your business look like? And before this episode is out, I'm going to give you a, a tool or two for how you can do that. But that's really what we're talking about. You know, if you want an interesting story 
as kind of a case study. You know, during Hurricane Sandy, a company I worked with was forced to work remotely. You know, when people say what we're going through before we've never seen before, that's not necessarily true. Certainly, many of the elements we're seeing today have never come together in the same way before. But, but there are plenty of lessons we can learn from the past. And in Hurricane Sandy, you know, there were many businesses displaced from their offices for a week or two. Okay, a week or two is not six months, but it's also, you know, something that many companies had not had to deal with regularly at that point. And Hurricane Sandy, if you recall, was in 2012. Now, at the time, most of the company's vendors mailed invoices to the company. The problem is that for a couple of weeks, no one was there to get the mail. And as a result, vendors weren't getting paid. The vendors weren't happy. They were slowing down their services. It was a big old mess. And the company decided that the right solution was to outsource their, their invoice processing to another vendor. And the vendor's solution to this problem was to require that all invoices needed to be faxed to the company. And that might sound like a good idea, but even in 2012, faxing invoices was not a normal thing, was, was, was a step back from what a good number of vendors, and I happen to be one of them, were doing, which was emailing the invoices. Now, I know for some of you, eight years ago might seem like a long time ago. But remember, email had been around since the mid-90s. You know, I'd had an email account for more than 20 years by this point. I, I joked with one of, my, one of my contacts at the company of, is it okay if I invoiced them for a, the cost of a fax machine? Because even in 2012, I didn't own one. Because nobody, nobody was faxing. Most of the companies I was working with weren't using faxes any longer by that point. And my point here isn't to scold a client, nor is it to make me the hero of the story of, oh, I'm so cool, I had email for a long time. <laughs> right? That, that was just a consequence of where I was at a given point in my career. And of course, what I do for a living. You know, me not using email or using digital tools eight years ago would be like a carpenter not owning a hammer. It doesn't make the carpenter cool because they own a hammer. It's just that, you know, it makes that person a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is to say that you need to think about what your customers and your community all expect today. I've used this formulation a lot when talking about how millennials or adults under 40, as I like to call them, aren't entitled because they live their lives on mobile phones. They're simply living in the world as it is. Think about it. There's not a person listening to this show who is entitled because we expect indoor plumbing or electricity. That's just the way the world works. And for millennials or adults under 40 or whatever you choose to call them, digital is the way the world works. They're living in the world as it is, not the world as it was. And so when we talk about becoming a digital company, that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do you become the company 
that you need to be because that's where the world is, not where it's going. There was a stat I saw on e-consultancy this past week that showed that 96% of enterprise leaders are, quote, prioritizing digital transformation. 96%. I mean this in all sincerity. When is the last time you saw 96% of any group say they were going to support anything? (laughs) Right? That just doesn't happen. And if that's not a sign of where we are, then I don't know what will be. Digital is just part of life. And so becoming a digital company really means being a company that exists to serve its customers as they are and where they're going to be for some time to come. And if that's the case, the first question you should have is, great, that's fantastic. You've sold me. What do I do about it? And as I always talk about, you have to start with where you want to go. What is your dream? What is your hope? What is your goal? What is your objective? And you probably have a good sense of those. But, you know, check out last week's episode. Check out the episode before that if you've got questions about what to think about there. Then the next most important thing is to get a clear view of where you are right now. This is the place where I think a lot of people fall down or need help. You can't create a path to where you're going if you don't have a sense of where you are. And there's a tool that I use. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It's not going to be gated content. You can just download it for free. But it's a digital and e-commerce maturity model that I use all the time when talking to companies. Where it looks at four stages of maturity across six functions within your company. And the six functions are, you know, your, your customer awareness, your strategy your technology, your operations, your culture, and your data. And how mature are you in using those? What stage of maturity are you in? With those stages being ad hoc, aware, striving, and driving. Now, if you're not, if, you know, just for some quick insight, ad hoc means you do it sometimes, but it's kind of random. There's very little cohesive plan or foresight in how you put this together. Aware means you've started to bring some planning to the mix, but there's not a lot of integration among the various pieces. Striving means you're working to integrate, but you still have a ways to go. And driving means you've got many of the pieces in place And you're setting yourself up to continually learn and continually improve. And as I said, you can download the sheet on my website in the show notes. And you want to rate where you are in each of those areas. You don't have to be fancy about it. Just pick the one that feels most like where you are in each category. Your business exists in whichever column has the most boxes checked. You know, are you an ad hoc company? Are you an aware company? Are you a striving company? Are you a driving company? Your highest rated boxes represent your current strengths. And that's great. Good for you no matter where you are, because this is a process, as I'll talk about more in a moment. Look at those and ask, 
How can we build on those strengths to differentiate ourselves from our competition or create a better experience for our customers? Your lowest rated boxes represent your current weaknesses or your current opportunities. And it's okay if you have a number of them. No one, no one, no one is perfect at this. But ask, how can we improve in those areas? How can we move up a level or two? Because that's how you're going to get better. That's how you're going to go from ad hoc to aware and aware to striving and striving to driving. Now, one thing you'll note is that there's no mature category or done category. And that's on purpose. Digital is going to continue to evolve as new tools and technologies emerge. You'll likely start all over again at ad hoc for some part of that. This is an ongoing process. My point about the Frightful Five, you know, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft not having a digital transformation process, going to let you know, kind of a lie. It's a myth. They're continually working to progress through these stages too. They're continually learning. That's a thing that a driving company does is it recognizes you're never done. Sometimes you have to move back to the beginning and start all over again. And that at its core is what being a digital company means. It means meeting the needs of your customer, having a strategy that takes you to where you want to go. Making sure your technology and your operations and your culture supports that. And using data to learn and continually improve. And that's how you become a digital company. That's how you continue to integrate this into what you do. And ultimately, that's how you create the future that you want for your business. Now, looking at the clock on the wall, we are out of time for this week. But I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, as well as an archive of all past episodes, including the worksheet that I just described, by going to timpeter.com podcast. Again, that's timpeter.com podcast. Just look for episode 302. You can subscribe in any of the episodes that you find there to have things out loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every week. You can also find Things Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. Just do a search for Tim Peter Thinks, Tim Peter Thinks Out Loud, or Thinks Out Loud. We should show up for any of those. I would also very much appreciate it if you could provide us a positive rating or review while you're on your favorite podcatcher. It helps new listeners find us, helps us show up better in their search engines, and it helps new listeners understand what the show is all about just a little bit better. You can also find Things Out Loud on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Associates. You can find me on Twitter using the Twitter handle at TCPeter. And of course, you can email me by sending an email to podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Solo Segment. Solo Segment uses machine learning and anonymous behavioral data to automatically connect website visitors to the content they need to achieve their goals. Why anonymous behavioral data? Because it ensures privacy compliance while still addressing the needs of your business 
and your site visitor. It improves the effectiveness and the efficiency of your marketing team and makes your website work better overall. You can learn more about Solo Segment by going to solosegment.com. Again, that's solosegment.com. With that, I just want to say once again how much I appreciate you tuning in today and how much I appreciate you tuning in week after week after week. Uh, this is episode 302. I've been doing this show for, good gosh, eight years or more now. And it just means so much to me to have you tune in and listen. I hope you have a great rest of the week, wherever you happen to be, wherever you may be, wherever you are. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you're here in the States, I hope you enjoy the Labor Day weekend holiday. Get a nice long weekend in before you come back and hit it hard next week. And I really do look forward to speaking with you here on Things Out Loud again next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and as ever, take care, everybody. Thank you.